everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Indie Corner Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and I've got the awesome, awesome Marcus Cook is here. How are you doing, Marcus? Doing good. How are you? I said your name right, right? Cook? You did. You did. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you get just like I've had other people recently with different names, and you know, I always, I always get worried that I'm gonna butcher it. But I took a chance with that one because I've known you for a while. Like I think we've known each other since like the MySpace days, if I'm correct. Like remember yeah, back then? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a wild time back then. Um, but you've been doing you've been doing film for like longer than that. So like, tell us how you got into it. Uh just kind of ass backward. <laughs> um. Like as a kid, my parents raised me on horror movies. So we'd go to the drive-in like anytime there'd be a horror film or, you know, in the era of VHS mom and pop shops, we'd always be renting horror movies. We could take like three home and, you know, a weekend and we just always watch horror. So they never like, you know, put me off. But I just I remember like loving the slasher films. And I'd always ask my dad, like, how'd they do that? Because, you know, I, I understood enough that the, um, you know, I'd see actors over and over in different movies. So I knew they weren't really getting hurt. So I was like, how do you do that, dad? And my dad would just be like, special effects. And I was like, that's a job you can do as an adult. I want to do that. <laughs> and so I kind of got into filmmaking, just wanting to do special effects. And you know, as a kid, just started dinking around with a video camera and just trying my own like experiments with effects. And then I'd film them just to see how they looked. And then little by little, like those uh, like experiments on film, like I started putting little stories together and then trying to get like, you know, neighborhood friends and try and set up little plots and and acting. And so along the way, I inadvertently just kind of became a filmmaker, just kind of kept growing and you know the shorter films just got more elaborate and longer and then in 10th grade i set out to make my first like 90 minute feature which was bad blood okay so before we get into all that though do you still have a lot of the older short films that you did yeah some uh a lot of them you know lost over the years or the tapes got like you know vhs mold or you know, got water damage, you know, at the bottom of a box. So not all of them existed, but what, what does exist, I've, I've managed to like, you know, digitize and save on a hard drive. Oh, very cool. Okay. So do you like looking back at those at all? Uh, <laughs> some of them are really bad, but, but we did some fun stuff and I, I, I kind of have like, I don't know, some favorites that we did. We, you know, we did some crazy stuff as kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's that's the thing. Like, I, I'm so sad because I had a bunch that I did on mini DV and I don't have them anymore. And well, they were put on YouTube, but I was an idiot and like unlisted all of them, you know, so nobody could mm-hmm. find them except for me. Problem is now I'm locked out of that one. Oh, no. That YouTube. Yeah. Because they switched over from uh, what is it? Uh, they used to be able to have like Hotmail and and Yahoo mm-hmm. and everything. Now it's all Gmail. And yeah. so like I lost because that was like my old Hotmail stuff or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I want I want to go back into there. I want to figure out how to get back in so I can because uh, I don't remember my old password or whatever, you know, yeah. and shit. And I never wrote it down. So 
that was all my fault, but I'm just saying, you know, now it kind of sucks not seeing all your, my, but maybe it's a, maybe there's a reason. Maybe that's the, you know, cause they weren't good. They just, I just always kind of, you know, want to look back and, uh, and see how, how, hopefully how far I've come as a filmmaker. Um, do you ever like, is that how you feel sort of when you look at it, you're like, Oh man, I'm so much better now. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's different because like, you know, then I didn't know how films were made. So I just had to kind of make it up, you know, um, and I didn't I never went to a film school. But, you know, the m bigger sets that I started to get involved with, like I started to see like how what I was doing really wasn't too far off from how like real films are structured, you know. You know, it takes pre-planning, you know, you got to plan out lots of shots. You got to, you know, schedule everybody's time. You got to make sure everyone's fed or they go home. <laughs> you know? They're like, so I'm out of here. Things that happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of inadvertently taught myself, like, kind of the way to do it, you know, just figuring it out. <laughs> well, that's what you did with your first film, Bad Blood. Mm -hmm. um did like did you do the effects on blood bad blood as well yeah yeah it's um definitely like wanted to be like a showcase of like all the crazy shit i was like working on and experimenting with and you know um plot wise it's terrible um the acting you know it's like it, i you know i had like one guy uh, Carl, who was like, you know, he was an actor. He was in the school's like, you know, drama program. So like, you know, he was like an actor and everyone else was just friends. I just kind of sucker into being these characters. So, you know, it's, a, it's, it's uneven. <laughs> what did you uh, shoot it on? Mm. VHS. <laughs> wow. So it's a VHS um, movie. All right. Yeah. And, mm. um, towards the end it took me like five years to do it um but at some point i got a high eight camcorder and uh you know so most of like older shots were all vhs and then you know some of the like kind of wraparound and recent stuff uh was all high eight but then transferred to vhs so i could edit it on a deck to deck you know <laughs> method <laughs> nice uh, that's really cool. I like that. I like hearing about, uh, you know, the different, you know, different cameras that everybody uses because, you know, especially when you're first starting out, it's, you know, you, you use what you have or what you can afford. Yeah. And, and before I had, you know, editing capabilities, like the, the two kind of short films before then, I, ca I call them short films, but they were like, 30 minutes and then 60 minutes and there was like leading up to like okay now i think i'm ready to do a 90 minute film like i have like my short films that are like a minute or so you know just goofball like no plot or anything just something weird would happen uh with an effect in it and then um you know in eighth grade that's when i was like okay i think i'm ready to make like you know a 30 minute movie and one summer I got with my friends and we made a movie called white massacre and that was 30 minutes. And then white uh, the massacre, summer, white massacre. <laughs> what is, what is that? What's oh. that about? <laughs> um, <laughs> you can tell I was inspired by the movies I was growing up watching because it was like the parents leave for the weekend and the kids have the house 
And so they throw like a party when they're not supposed to, but then there's a masked serial killer who escapes from a mental institute and like wandering around and kills them. <laughs> nice. That's, that sounds about right for that time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was seeing a lot of that. <laughs> so um, yeah. And then uh, in ninth grade, um, I decided I was going to try and do my first 60 minute movie and that one's called lunch meat. Um, and it was because uh, one of the characters in it is a cannibal and, you know, he's cutting up his friends and then he's in love with this girl. And so he invites her over for like dinner at the end and he's feeding her their friends. He's like, nice. remember when we, I said we were going to have friends for dinner. <laughs> uh, That's actually <laughs> very clever. Um, did you I think wasn't there like an eighties or seventies film called mm -hmm. Lunch Meat as well? So oh, did, yeah. were you aware of that when you made it or um I think I can't remember if I I mean I'm definitely very familiar with the like the VHS of it, but I don't know if that was one our shop had or I found out about it around like the same time. Okay. But you know, I just I just called it lunch meat just because that was like, I don't know. We'd always make sandwiches with lunch meat. And I thought like, oh, that'd make a perfect title. Yeah. No, it, it totally works. It's just, uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were inspired by the movie or not. I'm guessing not. Yeah, at all. I, I, I can't remember if it was one I had seen. Um, I'm, you know, cause like <laughs> growing up, I, I definitely didn't like, you know, really give much pause, you know, to, ripping stuff off like you know because i didn't see it as like ripping anything off uh, you know it's homaging like, uh, it's quentin tarantino yeah like because uh, i made a whole series of short films um when i was like starting when i was 12 when i finally saw um bad taste and so i made my own little like goofy short films just called bad taste no no relation really but like uh <laughs> I don't know. They were just like little short films to experiment with, you know, little gore gags I was trying. <laughs> nice. Um, and were they all in bad taste? Uh, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> that's and that's cool, though. So so you make uh, bad blood, you know, which uh, like, what do you do with it? Do you go to like conventions or did you just kind of mm -hmm. sit around with it? Yeah, I hadn't yet. Um it wasn't until after I made Rot that I, I hooked up with a guy who had like a mail order, you know, VHS bootleg catalog, like who lived uh, near me. I'm trying to think of his name now is Mark something. Uh, but he had like it was like he had a whole VHS mail order business and he didn't live too far from me. Um, and so uh, he wound up putting like, you know, doing a version and released it in his catalog but i i don't know how long like that kind of lasted you know because that was that was in like the golden age of like tape trading you know mm -hmm. that's cool uh, back, back in the late 90s um so that you know it but it never had like an official release so and then i've just kind of sat on it for the last like 25 years almost 30 years 30 years now jesus are you putting wow. it out um i did i did a um a blu-ray of uh like limited to 100 copies I'll, I'll burn dvds if people ask me but you know i just did like a limited release <laughs> but 
But I, I, I could send you if you want to see some of the short films. Um, Are they on I, that I could, d- d- Blu-ray or something? Or, um, well, I could I could burn you DVDs. Cool. Um, I'd like, love Blu-rays to. Blu-rays were expensive. That's why I did it limited to like a hundred. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's awesome. I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to definitely. Uh, feel free to feel free to send me whatever you want. Because uh, yeah, uh, we do we do a show on Indie Film Cafe called short film Saturdays. So we do review short films as well. And, and it's yeah. random stuff. We, we reviewed a Ed Wood short, you know, and stuff oh, and things like that. I mean, it's whatever, whatever we can find and review, we <laughs> review, you cool. know? And so, yeah, we're, we're really happy about doing that, but I would love to, I would love to check out some of your short films because to me, that's, that's how people normally get started, right? They, they do yeah. short films and then they, graduate to features and then you know they continue going on and sometimes they go back to short films and uh and do that as well Um, i'd like to go back and do a short film um about 10 or 11 years ago um i got contacted well it it started off i don't know if you've seen the high eight anthology yeah okay um i was talking it, it was a weird conversation between like me and tim ritter and then tim ritter and um brad sykes started talking you know just because the movie vhs had come out and my big gripe with it i love i love the first vhs but my big gripe is i was like well outside of like the wraparound like none of the segments are shot on vhs it's all shot on webcam and like dslr and i was like well that's not really it's not VHS. no that's not that's not vhs yeah so so like uh you know if we're gonna go back and do something and they they thought like we'll we'll do high eight and call it horror independent eight so it'd be eight filmmakers and i thought like oh so i i, I fucking bought a camera on like ebay a high eight camcorder and i shot my segment you know and i was like oh it's gonna be awesome and then you know to see everyone else's shot shorts like no one else shot on high eight <laughs> they shot on like dslr and <laughs> mini dv which you know i'm like well mini dv is mini dv if you're gonna call it high eight shoot on high eight <laughs> yeah no i i don't understand i i don't get that but yeah i uh i love that yours is on high eight <laughs> you know <laughs> that's funny um I I don't know I I never even noticed because I saw it I saw it a while ago I know Tim Ritter Chris Siever um, yeah. tons of people were were involved Ron Bonk, with that Ron Bonk's got a fun segment I think Donald Farmer if Donald I Farmer and yeah Mike Malloy's and Donald Farmer's segment who uh, I can't remember the other filmmakers on that one yeah uh, uh, Brad Sykes and you know yeah. um and it's so interesting like all these filmmakers like we we have so many great filmmakers out there doing independent films you know and everything mm-hmm. and i love to see the community and people helping each other being a part of something you know um that to me is is amazing you know we sort of need that you know camaraderie yeah. do you see that a lot yeah i mean in places you know all of us like you know, our, our friends now, like me, Tim Ritter, like, yeah, I mean, we don't talk or hang out, you know, but like, we've been friends for years. Like I, I, you know, loved watching, you know, truth or dare. And then when I found out he lived in Florida, like I wrote him, you know, a letter and try and like get in touch with him. <laughs> uh, and, 
you know, wound up working on one of his uh, anthologies that he did with Kevin Lindenbooth, um, the Alien Agenda series. I don't know if yes, you ever I saw that on your uh, resume, like on your mm-hmm. IMDb, and uh, that's that's um, awesome because I've heard of Alien Agenda. I've just never, don't think I've ever seen any of them. Yeah, like it's it's great because it's like different filmmakers from all around the country that Kevin Lindemuth was putting together who are all, you know, the micro budget, you know, shot on video, do it yourself, you know, filmmakers from around. And like, yeah, that was like probably my first like I'm going to leave and go work for somebody else. You know, that was my first kind of gig getting to work on someone else's project because he needed a mutant alligator head. And I was like, I don't know how to do that, but I'll try. <laughs> so Did I you made... do a good job, do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. It works in the context of the movie. Like, you know, it was uh, um, chicken wire, spray foam in a can. And I, I you know, painted like this alligator head that like you know just swam through the swamp and like came up at uh joel winecoop <laughs> and is that is so funny because like characters like you know where you go around and you make a um you know like you yourself you're you're a special effects guy right like mm-hmm. that's a lot of mainly what you're also a filmmaker but like you a lot of your resume like if you look at your imdb you've got like a hundred credits yeah. for for uh or more you know for um you know special effects and you've got you know your credits for for filmmaking you know and everything and so you you know that's the majority of the work that you do is for higher Mm -hmm. you know special effects and uh i just i love seeing it because i always love seeing you know and and sometimes people are telling me oh that was marcus that did that and i'm like (laughs) what that's awesome. Like I, I get excited when I see that you've you've worked on projects that I'm checking out or watching. You know. And you know, I mean it, it all started small and you know, I mean I never I never had like aspirations to go work on big Hollywood films. Like none of that's appealing to me. I I mean I'm I'm blessed that I got to you know, I've worked on some Blumhouse films and I've worked on some higher tiered films like, you know, and, you know, budget ranges between like 1.5 to like 5 million, you know, I've gotten to do some cool things, but like, I, yeah, I don't know. I really just love the micro indie do it yourself, like scene, you know, this is more like my home. I, I love this film world, you know? Yeah. Um, does, does, did Blumhouse contact you or did you contact them? Uh, no, I got uh, onto some of those gigs when um, I lived out in L.A. and I was working at uh, Soda Effects, Roy Knirum and um, uh, Matt Folletta, like their shop, Soda Effects. They've been around since, uh, you know, the 80s. Oh, wow. Like Roy worked on the first, uh, you know, or a couple of the uh, Toxic Avengers. He's worked on some of the... Uh, uh, um wishmaster sequels you know oh, wow. they've, they've done a lot of stuff so see that's nice when you're an effects person or live action yeah so yeah i got i got on you know by working at a shop in la i got on a couple of blumhouse films so cool so they just contact you and they're like hey or they, they met with you or something or yeah that's awesome um which which ones did you work on do you know um, one that's not really a horror film, but it, it's 
like it was really cool like when i finally got to see it like play on hbo um i was in a hotel and i was like oh this has hbo and it's like hbo on demand and then it's called uh don't let go which wasn't the title it was shot as but um like i'd say the closest it would be uh without giving anything away do you remember a movie um called frequency Yeah, yeah, where the radio, they listened to the yeah radio, and the radio was like the, the I guess, uh, his father, his dead father, or something like yeah that. Or... his dead father was a fireman uh, Yeah. and he could communicate with his son and kind of alter Jim Caviezel, if I'm right. Yeah, because oh Caviezel, the guy, the, the Christ, right? Wasn't that the, I think that was who was in Frequency. Uh, sorry about that, folks. We had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties, but we're back. And, uh, You were just talking about Don't Let Go and uh, working on
uh, on the FX channel, you know, and it's available to watch on there. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty fun. I I got to watch it in a hotel room on HBO, and I was like, oh, okay, that turned out really good because you know you read the scripts, but you don't know how everything's gonna play right. out, you know. Um, and then um, another Blumhouse film I got to work on was uh, something. Um, it's out now. I haven't seen it yet. It's called Run Sweetheart Run. It's a I've like, heard of it. I've heard yeah. of it. Um, but it, but again, like uh, yeah, we did all kinds of wounds. I did a, a head. It was supposed to get like bit and torn off. Um, you know, this is the other thing. Like again, why I kind of didn't want to go out to like Hollywood and work at shops because, you know you work at a shop and the shop's going to get credit on the film, but not everyone working on the film or working at the shop gets credit. Right. So that's one of the films. Unfortunately, I, I, I have no credit on. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a bummer of like, yeah, I, I've seen that where like, I mean, unless you own like, was a K and B effects or something, you know, then you're yeah. probably, and you're, you know, though, I don't know. I see stuff on Marvel and then when they have the, the credits, they have every single, every person, every yeah. single person. And then like, you know, it takes forever. Cause you have to wait in those things to get this, like the final like credit sequence or whatever. So they want you to watch every single name that goes in there. And they're like, <laughs> shit, it takes so many people to make this movie. But like, and yeah. And it's not, and it's not, you know, always, you know, the shop's fault. Like, you know, they hired Soda Effects, so they credit, you know, Matt Folletta and Roy Canerum. But like, you know, there's a couple other people who are all working with us. Um, Gage Munster, maybe he got a credit. I can't remember. Gage Munster did the onset of application. And then me and Liz McCracken were doing all like, you know, the wounds and the molds and the, you know, the head and the hair and hair punching. But yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that like sometimes falls through the crack, you know, and that may be on the production end. Like I, I'm sure Roy submitted all his shops information, but only like Roy and Matt got the credit. And it's like, right. oh, eh, boo. <laughs> I mean, then sometimes it's out of, you know, out of even their hands, you know, it's up mm -hmm. to the Hollywood, what they want to do and, and credit. Yeah. Um, so it kind of sucks. Um, I'm really bad with like updating like IMDB and stuff. And uh, one of my friends was mad that I uh, didn't add her to the IMDB for, for something, you know, a project or whatever. And mainly not because I didn't add it, but because she told somebody to go look at that and it was not there, you know, for that credit. And she was like, where's my, where's my credit? You know, I'm telling people to check it, you know, I'm helping, you know, Whatever. Oh, and I am IMDb so finicky. Like, um, uh, if if you look on IMDb, like there's nine Marcus Cooks spelled exactly the same way. Most of them are me. It's just like you know when filmmakers like add me to their credits, they don't add the credit to my existing credit. They make a new one. So then right. there's like all these Marcus Cooks with like one and two films, and that's it's still me but they're just separate separated and i don't and I, it's like I don't marcus cook 20 you know yeah. or whatever and and uh two of two of the marcus cooks 
because like uh in in germany i guess marcus cook is like the bob smith like it's such an average name oh really yeah which i didn't know um <laughs> but uh there's two other marcus cooks who work in the film industry and at least have imdb credits they're um, from germany not me yeah they're german uh there's uh one marcus cook who's um a swing dance instructor so he has imdb credits for his swing dance videos that he makes <laughs> and there's another marcus cook who's also does um uh visual effects you know computer um effects. imdb and... is getting ridiculous though they're adding podcasts to the imdb oh, no. and they're adding like everything to IMDb. So you yeah. can, I, I guarantee you, they're going to add TikTok or whatever. If it TikTok mm. stays, I don't know, but like oh they're going to keep that. I mean, it's just, a... but yeah, trying to consolidate everything. The, the, the website is not user friendly, you know, and I don't have a pro account. Maybe if I paid money for it to have my picture, you know, next to my name, like maybe it would be easier, but. I don't know. I've, I've not had any luck trying to like, and, and we'll get credits mixed up, you know, me and the other Marcus cooks, I'll get some of their credits or they'll get some of mine and trying to consolidate stuff. It's uh, a pain in the ass <laughs> there. I was lucky. Well, as far as I know, there's only one other Jonathan a Moody on IMDb that, uh, but he was, he was like Jonathan Aaron Moody. And he was like, mm-hmm. Back in like early times, I don't know, like early, early. Let me look. It was crazy because I was like, oh shit, there isn't like there's another Jonathan A, you know, like, uh, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, uh, that's, you know, and then, um, but yeah, Jonathan Aaron Moody. Oh, okay. He was in a couple newer stuff. Okay. So he's actually, yep. So he's out there. So I think he, I swear to God, he must have been the guy that sent me a message on MySpace once was like, you, you're not allowed to be in Los Angeles because there's only one of us, you know, they're like, like I was like Highlander shit, you know, you, there could oh, be only you, one. You got a message from, oh, that's so crazy. It was so creepy too. Like it was MySpace and they just sent me a message going, you know, um, I'm, there can be only one Jonathan Moody, uh, Jonathan Moody making films in LA or something like that. I was like, okay, wow. whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's um, another Marcus cook. Who's also a tattoo artist. There's an indie filmmaker, uh, Jason cook spelled K O C H uh, who makes like cool films. And I, I learned of Jason cook through the other Marcus cook because he's a tattoo artist in uh, Maryland. And he's like, oh, you got to meet my cousin. Like, he's also an effects artist and director and stuff. But, um, I yeah, I, I hired uh, the other Marcus Cook to do. I, uh, I did a, a VHS release of 100 Tears uh, when um, Unearthed Films put it out. We did a limited run to 50. So I had um, Marcus Cook, the tattoo artist, do the artwork, <laughs> which is confusing because, like, Marcus Cook directed by marcus cook like artwork by marcus cook (laughs) (laughs) and then it looks like it's all you but it's not no but it's not all you uh i know john i do know jonathan moody that's a musician and Uh he's actually married to a friend of mine who i knew before they were even married 
So, oh, and world. so we were both, I don't know when, like, if she, I think she was already dating him or like already knew him before, like I added her as a friend, but she was a trauma girl, um, you know, and everything. And so it was weird. Like, and so I've always <laughs> thought, you know, maybe I'll get this Jonathan Merida uh do the music someday for some of my stuff so then i can say composed by jonathan moody but it's not composed by me you know <laughs> yeah that that to me would be fun because then it's it's me taking the credit for something i didn't do you know? <laughs> um but yeah i want to i want to go into a hundred tears real quick because you did mention that just a second ago and it is probably one of the things i i think I can safely say as far as directing, this is probably the one that you're most kind of talked, like most talked about sort of most uh, known for, you know, and I remember seeing it years ago and loving it. It's a little weird and crazy and so Florida, you know, Yeah, we, (laughs) we tried it in 2007, which, you know, to me feels like, you know, a year or two ago, but that's, that's upwards of 17 or 18 years now. Right, it's nuts wow, to think man. about. Yeah, God, you know, like pretty soon it'll be twenty years, and you'll be like, "What the fuck?" You can put out the twentieth anniversary film, you know, DVD or whatever. Yeah. Of it. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's amazing though that you're able to go out and make something that like resonates with a lot of people, and people did really have really dug. Uh, what was like? So was the reception originally? really good that film um yeah i mean kind of like i I don't know you know by contrast you know recently we have like the terrifier franchise which really took off and you know that's had a sequel and made like millions at the box office like for an indie micro film to play like theaters nationwide like that's awesome it, it it just sucks that like I kind of did the same thing like an ultra gory killer clown film. It's just you know, and, and it's not that it didn't go anywhere, but like it didn't hit at the right time. I don't know. I don't know. I but... think you that I think you hit the nail on the head on there because I think literally it's all about timing. It's mm-hmm. about what the people are looking for at that particular time, and yeah. because the original Terrifier did okay. You know, right? Like it was. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of a cult phenomenon, but like it didn't do like what Terrifier Two did. You know, yeah. and I think it was literally because we were sort of at that time, right now, where we're sort of, I think it's post post uh, pandemic, mm-hmm. where things are just sort of like we kind of want things a certain way. We want certain things, you know, yeah. and this is what we're looking for, and and that just happened i don't even think damien who made it like knew it was gonna it was gonna do that you know yeah i mean i mean everyone was blown away by how much they did on their indiegogo for the sequel i think they did over like a quarter million which you know in indie film circles like if you hit twenty you're doing good you know but most people kind of rake in about like maybe five grand to make their indie films you know, but he hit like quarter million. So I think, it's like, he, had, oh, I think yeah. he had 250 or so thousand, but I could yeah. be something yeah. like that in that in that range. But I mean, yeah, it was a 
It was one of those things right where place, right time, yeah. you know, the thing people wanted, you know, and you know, I've I've never uh met Damien or um the guy who plays Art the Clown. I haven't met them. I don't know if they've ever seen a hundred tears, but hundred tears, you know, seventeen years ago, that was our little contribution to like the the over the top super gory killer clown film. And, you know, but here we are you know, in 2023 and Terrifier 2 comes out and just totally kicks ass. It's, you know, it's, it's such a, I don't know, over the top, violent, gory film, stuff you only see in the underground, making it big. So it's really cool to see something like that make it so big. And, and Damon... Uh, Leon does all his own effects too. He's also a, an effects artist as well as a director. So, <laughs> which so he's is another awesome. you. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I was hearing like my family were talking about this movie. Like, have you heard about this movie Terrifier Two, where you know people <laughs> are because they marketed it. They did a really good job of the marketing because people were talking about how people are like throwing up in the theater. And stuff like that and so um i was like oh that's pretty cool like you know like people are, are talking about it. It, it did play sort of close by but i just didn't end up watching it sadly oh, um it's, it's a lot of fun it's it's a little long it is like you know about i think a two that's why movie. i didn't watch it i'm not gonna lie I, it's hard <laughs> it's hard for me to like I don't even really like watching Marvel movies in the theater anymore because they're too <laughs> oh, long. They're so long. <laughs> I know everything's so long. It's like, dudes, can we go back to like, I mean, I, I, I get it. I'm, I'm writing a script right now. That's almost a hundred and that's going to be like 115 pages, but oh, wow. that's like, that's going to be end up scaling back and back. You know what I mean? Like it's better to have more right then and then make it less yeah. than, than yeah. make it less than I have to, figure out how to add more you know later um but that's the problem is like when film films they're like oh this is cool this is cool and then they're like we should cut this stuff and they're like now nah, let's just leave it, and make it <laughs> three hours long you know um yeah. tarantino's okay. like that oh yeah. yeah holy cow like once upon a time in hollywood i think is my favorite film he's done and I'm, but yeah, it's a three-hour film. It's a very long film. I love it though. Like it's, it doesn't yeah, feel that cool. long. It does go pretty fast, but, uh, but then you look at Kill Bill and they had to separate into two different freaking yeah. things. And then what is it? Uh, they make a whole freaking mini series out of Hateful Eight. So like he, he likes long shit. You know, he, <laughs> uh, he has a lot of story to tell. You know, and. And yeah. if he can make it interesting, that's great. But a lot of times these movies are way too, you know, <laughs> especially indie films. Like, there's no reason you're uh, not, not saying Terrifier 2, but like, you know, because I haven't seen it, I don't know. But like, there's no reason like a Sharknado type movie should be that long, yeah. you know, three hours long, you know? Yeah. After. After uh, Bad Blood, like, you know, my runtime was 90 minutes, but now, like, with uh, Rot, Fell, and uh, Bloodshock, like, I, I try and keep it under 80 minutes or around, like, 80 or under 85. 
Like, I think that's like the sweet spot, you know, for films. It doesn't overstay their welcome, you know. <laughs> so I, I did watch Fell uh, before uh, the show. Um, mm-hmm. I was, uh, I had told you I bought it and everything, and I was super excited. And I think you tried to warn me something about it. I forgot what, but mm-hmm. you. Um, oh, it's, it's the one film that, like, there, there's no gore. It's not like, you know, it's not a horror film. There's a little like, bit of blood. A little bit of blood. <laughs> there's I not, can't get away from it. <laughs> yeah, but it's not, it wasn't like your typical stuff. And I have to ask, is, is most of it improvised? Sort of yes, sort of no. Um, yeah, it's a very interesting story how Fell came about. Um it was improvised in the fact that we we didn't have a script per se, but we knew every action that had to happen that led to the next thing. And then, you know, it, it was like planned out improvisa- improvisation, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I mean, was some of it because it said it was written by four people, so and in, including the actors. And yeah. stuff. So I wonder if a lot of that was, uh, was because of the, uh, uh, because kind of things were, kind of probably yeah, thought was, of. All of us. Okay. So yeah. Here's here's the backstory. I won't go into too much about what happened originally. Like that. That's definitely like you know, corner me in an elevator, get me drunk, and then I'll tell you the full story. But, uh. Elmar Berger, my producer on A Hundred Years, he had said, hey, you know, let's do something fun. You know, here's five grand, make a tiny film, you know. And so, like, you know, I, I wrote a story a long time ago called Blood Junkie that kind of petered out and fell apart. And I was like, well, maybe I could resurrect the Blood Junkie story. And I hooked up with um, Christian Day, who um, he was going to produce it. And he also scores all my films, like Bloodshock and Hundred Tears, and you know. So he lives in Iowa. So we went to Iowa, and and we took this five grand. Um, I flew an actress in from Canada, Katie? and we were going to shoot this movie, Blood Junkie. Oh, okay. Well, day one, everything went like started red flags on day one. By day four, I was like, I think. I've made a mistake. I think I need to fire this actress because I don't want to get down to the end and have everything go to shit. And then we have nothing to show for it. And by day 10, it was so bad. I was like, I've got to pull the plug on this project. And so I fired her and at the drop of a hat, got her an early return ticket which left us with $300 and it was uh, me, Jeff Dylan Graham, um, Christian day and our PA, uh, this wonderful girl, uh, Katie Walters. And we now had four days left and we were so stressed out. Like, I mean, it was, it was such a bad situation. Like everything just escalated and just snowballed into this bad, horrible situation that, um yeah we had no other choice but to fire this actress um anyway so 
we're like, well, we can't return without a film. Like we have to, we, we, we had five grand. We have to come up with a film. And so we've got 300 bucks left. We have, you know, we were all staying at uh, Christian Day's um, house. And I was like, well, we have this and we have the four of us. What could we make? And uh, I took the 300 bucks that we had left. We went out and bought really good food and everybody's alcohol, whatever anyone wanted to drink. Hmm. And we all ate a great dinner, cried because <laughs> it was such a stressful, you know, 10 days that we just lived through. And now we have to come up with a film. And so we just started just throwing out ideas. And, you know, so, it you know, so I, that's why it says written by all four of us, because all of us came up with the idea, like we all contributed and just like this works, this works, let's do this, that doesn't work, let's try this. And then by midnight, we had everything written down, we had everything broken down into like 90 sentences, because I was like, okay, let's, let's treat this like every minute of film here's every sequence that has to happen leading to the end. And uh, yeah. Um, so we had that. We all slept in till about noon, woke up and the next three days were planned and it just went like a well-oiled machine. We shot everything for the day because we broke it up into three acts. And, and so every time it's, you know, nighttime, that's the next, when he wakes up is the next day. So we shot, we, we shot everything for that day. So when it's nighttime and he wakes up, that was our next day of shooting. And we shot everything until he goes to sleep and wakes up. And then that's the next day of shooting. And so we filmed all of that in three days. Wow. Um, it was fucking insane, but there was, you know, only four of us, you know, there was me with the camera, uh, Christian, who doesn't like to be in front of camera and act. He's, he's a producer and score guy. Um, and then he did a great job. Our, yeah. He's, he's, he's fun. Yeah. He hated being on camera. And then Katie, you can tell. Like, and, he was, you know. Yeah. And Katie, she was just there to be a PA and she's like, I'll play the girlfriend. And so she did that. And so it was literally just the four of us, we had already, all of us knew the story inside and out because we made it up the night before. And then we shot it in the next three days. And then once I got back home to Florida, I was editing and I, I started thinking, I was like, okay, well, we meant, we set and meant out to make a, a very tight claustrophobic film. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it was, but I was like, well, we need a little explanation and backstory so uh we got back together in november uh <laughs> to shoot like a couple of uh backstory pieces or flashbacks and you know it happened to snow like a crazy blizzard and so it was like oh this is perfect now we have something to you know totally different from the look of the film before Jeff mm -hmm. Dylan Graham cut his hair shorter and clean shaved because um, we, we had him really scruffy and like, you know, he shaves his hair into a mohawk. Um, but then we have like this awesome snow like we could play in. And, you know, I'm a Florida guy, so I don't get to see snow. So it was like, 
I get to film in the snow. Uh, so yeah, we shot like some flashbacks and then um, we had a friend of uh, Christian Day, like who is a uh, Baron Christensen, come in and play like the psychiatrist and shrink to kind of like fill in the gaps of stuff, you know? So that's mm -hmm. how Fell came about. It was like a complete accident. Like literally the night before we started shooting, it did not exist even as an idea. That's crazy. Like that's, <laughs> that's insane. And it's got one of the, I mean, I should have seen the twists and stuff coming and I might've seen it like a little bit, but you guys did such a good job with, with kind of tricking me a little bit at times, <laughs> you know, where I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. So I, I really think if anybody gets a chance to go buy fell, it's on eBay or Amazon or, or whatnot. And, and, uh, go go buy it because it is definitely a lot of fun. Is it going to be on Blu-ray at some point or anything? Yeah, uh, Elmar and I have been talking. Um, our contract finally ended with uh, Chemical Burn was the company that released the DVD. Um, so maybe one day we can do like I, I'm, I'd like to get Christian and Jeff and Katie back together again and do like interviews or something because there is no behind the scenes because I didn't see that. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing. It's it's such a bare bones DVD, but I'd love to get like all of them together and, you know, maybe talk about like the, the insanity of how the film came to be. Do um, a drunken commentary track. That'd be fun. <laughs> because like, you know, it'd be funny because it would go back to your days of like, you know, with, you know, what you guys are like, but then you could talk about how you actually finished a fucking movie, you know, when, when all that, you know, yeah. said and done. And yeah, and, and it's funny, like once you see it once, like watching it a second time to see somebody else who hasn't seen it, you know, just to watch their reactions, like I think is interesting because every, the ending is set up within the first five minutes. Like you like it's it's totally laid out how it's going to end, you know, mm. within the first few. But like, I mean, but all of those like switches are super intentional, like you we want you to believe this but then we're going to hit you with this and then you you once you believe that we hit you with another thing so it's it's it is a very like uh, i don't know how to do a who done it without being a murder miss i mean it, a who done it you know right definitely <laughs> sure um i uh by the way i, I i'm a huge fan of uh jeff dylan graham i'm i've been friends with him oh, I'm, he's great you know since you know back in the day but like i've i used to have him when i had my old radio show on blog talk radio i'd have J jeff pop in now now i don't hear from jeff much at all uh yeah, he's on instagram I, still but yeah um, i i hear from him maybe every couple of years but you know he's you know, uh i guess he's going through his own his own thing um which is which is fine i would just love to see him in more stuff more you know soon because i i miss him like he he so like the first indie movie that i can say i ever like of horror movies or whatever that i mean uh, you know several like clerks you know indie but i'm talking about like the low budget no budget indie films from horror is dead and rotting and he was in that and that was the first thing i saw and and you know and whatnot and then brought me into the world of like trauma and all these other things that 
kind of but but then running he was so good at that movie and after then i was like i need to find more of of this dude like i need to find so i found like zombie geddon and then i watched you know all these other ones that he's in and uh means and oh oh what was he was in like adam wingard's uh first film what oh homeschool yeah i have i just bought that homesick yeah homesick he's so good in it he's just like a little tiny character who's in the background and 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 that's what i hate like Jeff Dylan Graham, like in most stuff, he's just like a background guy. He's like the goth guy, the druggie, the, you know, he, he just kind of plays like a filler character. But like, yeah, I've always wanted, I always liked him. He had a good look. I thought he had a really good charisma. And I wanted Jeff Dylan Graham to be like a leading kind of role, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what I, I wish he'd get more films like Fell because he's so good and can encompass that you know yeah i mean we him and i have talked to work together but it's just nothing you know how the world is man like Mm -hmm. you know things don't don't come together money is always the the biggest issue and so it's nice that your executive producer is like here's five grand i mean sad that things didn't work out hey we could make a film you know (laughs) yeah well i mean five grand then you know, uh, two thousand and what nine? You probably yeah. shot it. Yeah. You know, that's. I mean, still, that's that was pretty good. You know, you could definitely make it. You could probably even make two films with five grand now. You know, but <laughs> you know, um, uh, that's just the way things are these days. If you just basically don't really pay, you know, except for food and, and you know and lodging or whatever. You know, um, and that's the thing. Like, I think a lot of people don't realize, like, because people are like, I can make a movie for five grand. A lot of it, people aren't getting paid for it, which is fine if that's what you want to do. And that's what you want to, you know, and people are okay with doing that. But, you know, sometimes when you got to when you got to pay people like your whole cast or crew, you know, it's got to be, you know, more than that, you know. Um, And it it was just it was just the right storm of elements like yeah there is not much money to work on and going through the insane nightmare that we did go through for like to come out of it with a film it was like yeah the phoenix rising from the ashes you know i mean it's like fell is a film that shouldn't have happened but it did and i'm glad it. it did it's a i mean i really liked it um we, I, I was going to put on Indie Film Cafe, like as a, a, we're going to review it for Indie Film Cafe, but I decided um, the the you know I love it, but the the big the biggest thing the difference between like IFC or maybe like our quick review Thursday, you know, mm-hmm. thing which I think it would be better for is that uh, there's really not a lot to discuss with it. You know, it's got to be a quick review because. Otherwise, you're just pretty much talking about the movie over and over again. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of got that feel of like, you know, it, it has a feel of like there's a lot of a lot of stuff that's uh, happening that's over and over again. Um, so it's sort of and it works perfectly for that. You know, it's not loop or anything, but it's sort of, you know, if you you'll understand if you watch it. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything. But <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it'd be better if it's 
a short review and we don't spoil anything because that's the thing with this is I, I feel like this movie can should not be talked about as far as like spoiled. You know, you shouldn't yeah. know the ending because it's, it is yeah. such a good twist and such a good like you did. You did M. Night better than M. Night's doing M. Night now. <laughs> What's a twist? <laughs> yeah, right. Like it's it's got it's got a really good twist. Like M. Night's probably watching this movie. Go, damn, maybe I should remake this, you know. <laughs> so M. Night, if you want, you know, maybe I don't know if you'd want him to remake Fell, but. <laughs> hmm. But anyway, I I just I love Fell. Um, I love a hundred tears. I love all the stuff you're doing. What what are you doing lately? Oh, uh, since like you know the uh, two weeks to slow the spread that has now lasted two years. Um, not much has really come back my way. Like I mean, there are you know some projects, little things. Um. But yeah, this past year has been uh, lots of, I don't know, it's, it's weird. Like uh, maybe six films we've worked on, like all go tits up like halfway through. You know, it, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happens, but, you know, you think like, okay, this is a cool project. We get on this. It's like, you know, two million and then you're out in Syracuse for two weeks and then just the whole, the plug is pulled. Like the whole thing's just like, uh, shut down. Um, Mm -hmm. some, some projects because of COVID, because like, you know, that's still a thing that people get now is, you know, people still get COVID, but I don't know. Another reason why I've kind of stopped making movies right now. It's like, it's, it's, I I don't know when it's going to happen, but I would love because COVID's the flu now. You know, yeah, in a way, like people are gonna get it. Like, I mean, that's just yeah. the long short of it, you know. And the world didn't stop for the flu, so I don't know. But it's it's still like such a weird, touchy subject. Like, you know, if one per you're on a film and one person gets COVID, everything shuts down. You're just yep. done. You know, uh, uh, it's it's we're in such a weird place. Um, I've been trying to learn visual effects. Not very good at it, because uh, computers frustrate me. But like I've been trying, I was like, well, uh, same here. What can I do from home? You know, I can make body parts and props and stuff like you know. So I've been fortunate that I've had, you know, some people need things that I can make here and ship to them, and I don't have to be on set for any of it. You know, I'm I'm currently sculpting a baby for a film. It, nice. It's a horror film, so I'm sure bad things happen to the baby. But like, Aww. I'm making a baby right now. <laughs> I don't write. You're gonna make stuff. a baby. You know, you make the baby. You don't. You have nothing to do with what happens to it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, but another thing, I don't know if I can say too much because I don't know if any of this has been information has been released publicly yet. Uh, so I can't. I can't say that yet. Okay. Uh, possibly a a tv show on streaming um featuring short films from around the world uh is going to be coming out and so uh at the end of april i'm going to be doing uh some effects for the intro for the show okay cool so you know think of you know an intro similar to like 
American Horror Story. Yeah, I was actually that's Europe. the first thing that came to my mind. I, honestly, it's yeah. weird, if, but like if, I just it's not American Horror Story. That'd be awesome. I'd love to go work on that. But no, it's not American Horror. Well, damn it, because now I know it's not because you can't talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. so if you're gonna say it's not it, well, then again, what's his name? <laughs> uh, kept saying he wasn't the werewolf. Oh you know? yeah. So maybe maybe you're saying that to throw us all off and say you're not you're not working on American Horror Story, but yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that'd be cool. No, I know a couple people who work on that. I like man. I wish I wish I lived like closer to like New York. Uh, Jerry Selenafield is an effects artist who does you know effects on that. Like I would I would love to go work and play with them. Like that'd be just amazing. <laughs> I mean, I they, they have some great effects. I mean, but I mean, they've got the money to do it, so it yeah. better be good, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like that's the thing. That's the thing we were talking earlier uh, during the break about um, Hollywood and stuff, and you were even saying like Hollywood's almost the same as the indie route, just with more money, you know, yeah. <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. If if you've been on an indie film shoot, like I don't care if it's like you know five grand or five million everything is is really really structured the same everything operates the same way there's just more money and more mouths to feed really right you know and and it's like because you know when you when you work work when you have a bigger budget maybe you have more you know maybe you can buy a permit and then if you Mm -hmm. don't have a big budget you have to go steal a scene or something you know or whatever yeah I, I, I don't know i mean that's how we like some of the stuff in rot like i mean we just shot downtown like you know having a punk run through like a the city water fountain doing totally illegal shit uh, yeah so you had your edwood moment did the cops come you're like we don't have a permit oh, yeah, run. yeah we have had many many uh run-ins with cops <laughs> <laughs> even on bad blood like i guess uh there's there's a, a a sequence in the beginning of the movie where there's a coffin they dig up a grave and so i built a coffin and we you know dug a hole for it and brought it out to the woods somehow the cops found us out in the woods and like we're <laughs> you know like what are you guys doing and i was start you know trying to tell them i'm like well it's an indie film and this and that and they're like oh so you think you're fucking steven spielberg i'm like uh. you say that he said that to you yeah, yeah. you should yeah, been like what? actually i'm his son <laughs> well uh, you know i would have loved to see like their face when you said that you know and well, uh Spielberg's my dad so you know yeah no um my name is les spielberg <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, which works on two different levels, by the way, if you didn't get that joke. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, <laughs> I, 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 that's the thing. I love, I love indie filmmaking. We had the cops called on us once for one of the projects I was doing. I had to go, uh, or some people went to go talk to them, and they, they were like, "Oh, because in Virginia, they don't. This isn't like normal 
you know, being called mm-hmm. for film stuff, you know. So the cops were more interested. Like I think, I think if we offered them a part, they would have. They would have been, you know, like people around our town just loves that shit, you know. So like they're like, oh, you make movies? That's really cool, you know, right? And awesome. I uh, apparently there. So apparently, I guess in Florida, you guys they probably get called for that shit a little bit more. Oh. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, and and other times, you know, deservedly so, um, like on 100 Tears, like at the end of the movie, um, spoiler, uh, <laughs> Christine played by, or not Christine, yeah, Christine played by Rain Brown gets run over by, like, you know, the picture car, and blood splattered all up the hood and up the, you know, the front of the car, well, where we shot that versus where we needed to go to like wash it off was a good couple of miles. So it's like, okay, we did the scene, but we didn't think to bring like bottles of water to wash the blood off the car. And so Joe drove the picture car home to the house and I drove my car and we both went like weirdly different ways, but wound up at the same place and you know, that our house and as he pulled in the driveway, I see cops coming around and pulling into our driveway. And cops are coming up from behind me to go to the bloody car. And so that was an interesting conversation. We're like, whoa, hey, it's fake blood. Sorry. We just drove across Tampa <laughs> with a what, bloody car. What did they, what did they the think? Cops. That you guys were like, that was real blood and that you guys run somebody over and then. Oh, yeah, they didn't know. They just had phone calls coming in. They're like, look for this like yellow convertible, you know, covered in blood. <laughs> and <laughs> so, but they caught up to us right as we were both pulling into our driveway. And it's Did like they oh, pull out hey, their guns sorry. and stuff, or making they like a, making an indie film here. It's fake blood. It's all good. You can come taste it. it tastes did they, like did they pull out their guns and they're like, hey? No, no, nothing that bad. They were just like what's going on here and we're <laughs> like ah, indie filmmakers yeah you don't want to see the other guy i'm sorry yeah <laughs> he's a little flat right now <laughs> but uh yeah that's crazy man um cops being called or whatever i mean you know that happens and and people i know i, I know i was uh i was driving with a cop who was actually a filmmaker and once oh, wow. And, uh, and so he knows, so he got pulled over while we were driving back from Kentucky or whatever for the horror, one of the horror stuff that we're conventions that we're doing. And he got pulled over and he told the guy, first of all, I'm a cop, right? But I'm also a filmmaker. And so you're going to see in the trunk, you're going to see a bunch of like body parts and stuff. Like, yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, that really sounds bad." But let I me mean, when he flashes his badge or whatever and lets him know, and then he goes, "Like, just it's funny." I like yeah. that kind of stuff, you know. Like, I think that should be part of a movie, you know. Um, real life shit. Oh, I'm I'm sure other filmmakers, you know, indie guys have like been in that same boat, you know, like. I mean, if we got pulled over with the truckload of body parts when I finished uh, filming 
bouquet of guts and gore for the American guinea pig series. The back of my truck was just loaded up with like body parts and, you know, just decimated corpses and like all in the back. If I would, and we put a sheet over everything, but if I had gotten pulled over, <laughs> it wouldn't have been good. <laughs> nope. No, not at all. And, uh, that's, that's funny. And it's funny that you worked with, uh, American, you know, guinea pig and stuff. And, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, they're, they're pretty gory, you know, <laughs> they're, uh, I know, uh, I believe, uh, my friend Kate worked with them on a couple, like at least. Oh one. yeah. Kate Phoenix. Kate, yeah. Kate Phoenix. Yeah. yeah she's sweet. Yeah. Love her. Um, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, we cut her up. Um, and <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah. I cut her up. Cut, yeah. <laughs> Uh, conversations are normal to me, but I have to watch myself when I'm out in public. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I killed that person. I cut him up. I cut his head <laughs> off. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, nine one one. There's some I weird think guy I have something about. to report to you. I'm not sure. The guy's being very cool about the fact that he's murdered these people. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I I was actually on a flight one time, and you know I'm not a talkative person like but you know the person next to me was just very talky and asking what I do and I was like well I'm a special effects artist I work in low budget horror films and I started showing them pictures of you know things I had in my phone but what I didn't know is there was like I don't know a law person I don't know if they were a cop or you know whatnot but they were behind me and they, they had actually like because they could see my phone through the seats and saw some of these gory graphic pictures i had my phone and actually said something to me about it and they're like um what is this and i was like oh i'm an effects artist but you know because they were sitting behind me they couldn't see what i was showing you're they can hear what you were saying too that you were telling the person or whatever it's crazy Mm -hmm. so they probably thought uh this guy's showing like real death photos to someone Oh man, that just that ma- that makes me think of like faces yeah. of death or whatever. Oh, like the yeah. shit that you I mean, see in the store. I, I don't post any of my work on Facebook anymore because I'll I'll get like bans now. As soon as it goes yeah. up, it'll get pulled and like, oh, I've got another thirty day ban because I posted a picture of some gory thing I did. So I don't I don't even post my work anymore. I haven't haven't done that in about ten years. A friend of mine, I swear to God, she just told me she got banned from uh, Facebook for a meme. And it was a silly meme that just says, just so you know, if you ever become a zombie, I would chop off your arms and keep you as a pet. And she got flagged for that. And she wasn't sure if it was like somebody reporting her, if there was a, it was, you know, Facebook. Yeah, Yeah. it's, it's the AI algorithms. You know, these are keywords or this or that, violence. Dahmer? You bullying, can't even mention Dahmer. Dahmer? Oh, yeah, you can't paste, post any things of Dahmer. Don't post a Dahmer joke like, oh, what did Dahmer say when he opened his refrigerator? My baloney had as a first name. Nah, nah. You know, whatever. Or or like, you know, or, or you know, uh, why didn't uh, John Wayne Gacy like to eat, you know, eat, eat? Why didn't, shit. I totally fucked that up. <laughs> Why didn't Dahmer eat John Wayne Gacy? Why? Because he tastes funny. <laughs> yeah. What's the temperature below John Gacy's house? 33 below. <laughs> Potential. 
Oh my goodness. So there you go. But see, you can't say stuff like that on no, Facebook no. now. It, it's, you know, honestly, people are like getting really frustrated with that, especially in the horror community. Cause like even TikTok, you can't show stuff. Um, OnlyFans is even has like a thing. And I'm like, OnlyFans lets you have porn, but it won't let you have gory stuff in it. Like yeah, I'm like, know. where where's our world at like right now? You know? Uh, like that, that, that's a conversation over many beers. Uh <laughs> yeah, where are we? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't um, I don't even care, honestly, because like I mean, I use social media for promoting my podcasts and stuff. Honestly, I'm getting so frustrated with it. I'm almost I uh, I just almost like it's feels so stressful, you know, to just go on, log in and see people posting these days or whatever because we just oh, yeah. live in such a de divisive, you know, mm -hmm. world right now and everybody's yelling at each other and hating on each other and I'm just like I mean, I I don't want to sound like a hippie, but can we all just get along and just yeah. like can't we all just get along? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Mm. And that's why I like people like you, Marcus. Because honestly, I've known you forever, and I've never I don't talk politics. I don't like, talk politics no, either. No, no politics, no religion. Like, I don't, I don't care what you believe. You, you know, I don't care. You know what side of the fence you sit on. You know, yeah. I like movies. I want to talk to people about movies. Same that's, here. You know, don't care. Yeah, you know, like I wanna I wanna talk about movies. This is why I got into podcasting to begin with, you know. It's like I love movies. I love watching them, I love talking about them, I love making them, you know, but I don't I don't love us yelling at each other and saying, Well, I'm not gonna work with that person because they are a certain, you know, uh political branch. And I'm like Yeah, he voted for this person and I don't agree with that, you know. I'm like, why, why it did not matter like 10 years ago, mm -hmm. you know, if you look to 2013, people would work with whoever because they didn't care, you know, yeah. now it's, it, it got to be a point and uh, I sort of know where that point went and I don't get it. Like, because I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, you cannot like this person, you, but you know, you're still going to work with them, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's become also people voicing their opinions that make other people mad, you know, yeah. right? So that's, that's why I always say don't fucking go on Twitter and talk about your political opinions because nobody wants to hear it, you know? No, I mean, and it, and it all goes back. I mean, growing up, like, you know, Okay, at family functions, things not to discuss is religion and politics. And, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to have a family Christmas dinner. Don't t talk about, like, religion and politics. So that's, like, off the table. And I, I, I think that was a good rule. Like, you know, no, because it just generates arguments. But, like, somehow we've gotten past that where we enjoy the argument it gets. And mm -hmm. I don't. I don't like it. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> but now we're talking about religion and politics. So well, we are, but we're talking about how we don't like it. So I yeah. think it's fine. I think yeah. it's okay. Just I oh, just okay. don't talk about you know. <laughs> like we're not talking about our 
political or religious yeah, no. uh, affiliations. But it, you know, and and that's the thing. Like I've I've talked to other people on this show about that exact thing of yeah. like that is where it's becoming like an issue with working with one another. It's just like oh, yeah. can can we all who are all talented, you know, in our own individual way, come together, work on a project, not talk about this stuff, go home and then we can, you know, voice our opinion, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and that's just like, yeah, the, the brass tacks of it is like none of that matters in the world we work in. I mean, the rest of the world, sure, yeah. And everyone wants their voice to be heard, you know, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's everybody. Everybody wants their voice to be heard. You know, I mean, why wouldn't you? You know, but when you come up against dissenting opinions, you can't just like cancel everyone because they don't agree with you. I think that's, that's where we are as a society. I don't know if it's going to get better, you know? (laughs) I I think it will. um, I think people will start realizing at some point that um, canceling people before, you know, because it it used to be that, um, you know, guilty or, or or not guilty you know uh not guilty yeah. until proven uh guilty you know basically yeah. you're whatever innocent until proven guilty now it's guilt uh was it uh guilty until proven innocent you know yeah. and i i don't i don't like this because you know that happened to james gunn that happened to uh johnny depp you know oh. happened to a lot of people who you know people just jumped on one side of the media's opinion and now it's happening unfortunately to like i don't know what's going on exactly but with like jonathan majors and stuff that's going on with him um the guy who did play kang he's having some issues people are just all of a sudden i'm just seeing people just jump on a he's guilty he's blah 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 you know and i'm just like can we just (laughs) just for a second get all the facts before we start saying you know, lynch him, yeah. you know, or whatever you want to, yeah. you know. Uh, the know. world's quick to lynching. The world loves their lynchings, you know. I know. Well, it's, it's kind of, I mean, I, hmm. I, you know, whatever. Um, we live in a world where true crime is the, the biggest thing right now, which is yeah. weird to me. Like, uh-huh. if 10 years ago you were going to say true crime would be like the hit thing, I would have told you you're insane. But, <laughs> you know. Uh, can can we put this on pause for a second and sure. come back in a minute? Okay, I will be right back. All right, and uh, we are uh, back, and I think uh, we're gonna pretty much wrap it up. But uh, uh, so you, you said you've got a few projects, some that you can't talk about or whatever. Uh, can you tell us also, like, where can people find you? Um, a hundred tears is uh, streaming for free on. Tubi, so you can see that um, Unearthed nice. Films released that uh, Bloodshock um, is too kind of violent for streaming, so Tubi won't play Bloodshock. <laughs> well, how about you personally for your social medias? You, oh, you... oh yeah, I'm on I'm on Facebook. Uh, I don't that that's really the only one. Long ago, I made a Instagram and a Twitter, but I don't ever use that. But Facebook is really the only one I use. And 
you know, find me there. <laughs> I get, I'm really bad with Instagram. Um, mainly because yeah. it's just pictures. So it's really hard for me to like, uh, do just pictures. You know what I mean? Like I need more than that. You know, I need, yeah. sometimes I don't want to do pictures, you know, so, <laughs> or, or, you know, or find a picture, Google a picture that'll work for it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but Twitter and Twitter, I just don't like because it, it, the shorten what you have to say and yeah you have to write everything in like what i mean 42 characters or something maybe they've changed it i yeah, don't know i think it's gotten longer wanna, yeah and i don't want to pay for you know whatever monthly fee for a blue check mark or whatever bullshit comes with that i'm like i don't i don't care <laughs> oh yeah i was kind of disappointed when uh when elon musk did that because i felt like uh it was the blue check mark was very like was very cool you know like the people who got it you know they weren't even they didn't even ask for it they were just sort of you know you're you're a you know you're a blue check mark person you know because you're famous for doing this or this and that yeah. now it's almost seems like okay well anybody can be one and then you have to go and check to see if they paid for one or if they were given the one you yeah. know and stuff and i'm like so you so any it's become almost like anybody can have one and it's it's not as cool anymore you know um <laughs> and it's mainly because he wanted to do it where you know it it's got more stuff like you said like you know you can have less ads or something like that and i'm just yeah. like i don't give a crap it's like tubi i don't care if there's ads and i'll watch it i'll watch 100 tears on yeah. tubi I'll, I'll yeah. watch it. I mean, yeah, you sit through like the same, like cycled through commercials, you know, every 15 minutes, but whatever. I mean, but if I have to see John Cena's commercial again, I'm going to freaking. <laughs> I mean, but that's how I grew up watching TV. Like we had commercials. That was just a thing. When you watch movies, there was commercials. Unless I you still, had you I know. still get commercials. I got satellites. So I still get them, you know? Yeah. There's, Thank there's you. no escape. <laughs> I know. They're still going to be around. They're going to be. They're going to be worse soon because you can't even go to the movie theater. Like you remember when it was just trailers, yeah, before the movie. But now it's like, oh, we got car commercials. We got you know M M&M and M commercials, M and Ms, and 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 then like real estate and like, oh, sell your home, buy a car. You know, it's like <laughs> holy shit, like the local shit. Yeah, forty-five you know. minutes of commercials before you can watch your fucking movie. Watch. <laughs> your three-hour movie it's like <laughs> wait when are you supposed to pee like we all need diapers uh yeah <laughs> it, it's insane like i hold it a lot more than i want to you know mm -hmm. i i tried uh like i was watching black uh widow uh the marvel one and i was trying so hard to hold it but then they they sucker you in because like you're you know, a lot of times I need to drink something. You're gonna leave, man. you're gonna go pee, and that's when something cool is gonna happen. <laughs> I know, and so you're like, oh no, I'm gonna miss. It. I'm gonna have to watch it on uh, Disney Plus later, and and, and re see that scene I missed. Um, but you know, it, it is. I will run out, and I will run back in, and I'm like, I ain't missing much. You know, <laughs> I will do what I gotta do and come back in. Uh, but anyway, that's whatever. I, I can't wait to see all the stuff you're doing coming up and everything. Um, I hope you get to work with Blumhouse some more because that sounds like it was kind of fun. 
and everything. Oh yeah, they they, they were really fun gigs. Um, Good. so yeah. Yeah, so everybody <laughs> well, go check those movies out. Um, help 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 that out because then maybe if they do really well, they'll be like, you know, Marcus is the reason why this movie did so well. <laughs> you know, let's, let's hire him back. <laughs> you know, because they make movies like they make. We think we only see normally like The Purge or uh, mm -hmm. Insidious or or whatever from Blumhouse. Then they do like those movies, like you said, that don't look. Oh, there's a lot, yeah, yeah. And, and there's, so there's a lot of them that that kind of go under the radar, but mm -hmm. they're making them because they're only like a million dollars, you know, to make. Yeah, million, million to two million. There, I mean, but for ten yeah, million dollars, they can make uh, ten movies, and yeah. then. Put them out there and probably make like a billion dollars, you know, from those ten ten movies all together. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, insane. They, they they got a good business model, you know. Yeah, I, I as much as I give Jason Blum crap for Halloween Ends, sorry, like I, oh, I haven't seen it yet. My wife loves it, um, which really? means I'll probably like it because I. I, I try not to like watch any spoilers, but I hear it deviates in a way that made a lot of people angry. Me being <laughs> one of them, yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, it, it's not because, well, you know, this is for another day when you've watched the movie. We can have another discussion about it. Don't want to. I don't want to say anything because yeah. I will spoil yeah, the fuck out of it. You will tell me what happened, and and I'm good about, you know, I'm I'm good about like not reading spoilers like that's the weird people get mad like oh so and so like gave a spoiler away and now i'm mad i'm like well don't read things people say i don't know <laughs> <laughs> especially if it's Just about the thing it's you want to watch doesn't mean you have to read it you know or watch it <laughs> i was really happy nobody spoiled uh scream six for me when i went to see it so thank god oh it was so fun oh no i love scream six that was that was a lot of fun see <sighs> Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk later. <laughs> Maybe we'll have another discussion uh, about these movies and whatnot. But anyway, thank you so much, Marcus. You've been awesome. Awesome guest. I'm very happy that I had you on here. I don't know how long we've been talking about doing this eventually. Well, yeah, we've been talking shit since MySpace days. So we, I yeah. mean, we've been friends a long time. So this is the first. Were you on my blog talk? You've been on my blog talk radio show before, right? When I had it where like people call in. Oh, maybe like yeah, in a call. Oh yeah, before video was streaming. Yeah, before video streaming and all this craziness. I mean, this really just started in 2020 of like doing Zoom and and doing yeah. all this stuff. I didn't. I I knew nothing about Zoom, you know, <laughs> until uh 2020 rolled around and we were trying to figure out how we were gonna do our show, you know, with you know. Uh, with with this pandemic, um, you know, then yeah. I realized I could get anybody from all around the world to be on my show, you know. So thank you yeah. for being one of them. Yeah, thanks for having me. Like, well, definitely we should do this again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So everybody, go check out Marcus. Um, go on IMDb and check out 20, uh, his twenty pages on there. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't think it's that many, but you know, it's a few because I, I, I get it. It's happened to me too. Um, so, but check check him out. He's, uh, you know, I think he's the you're the the real McCoy, uh, Marcus Cook, so the, one, the one that has everything. I'm um, number one. Uh, Marcus Cook, number one at top. I'm, okay. I'm the 
So he's number one. <laughs> it goes to prove there's no other, no other Marcus Cook like you. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, go check his stuff out. Let him know what you guys think. Watch Fell if you get a chance. Uh, and yeah. Hundred Tears uh, free on Tubi. Um, Hundred Tears, Fell, Bloodshock. I, like those that are all. Three is a. That's a triple feature right there. Yeah. Everybody should check them out. All different, but all fun. You know. So everybody, thank you guys so much for checking this out and have a good one. Bye. Thank you.